We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you listen to the MAPS Step Back Podcast. Let me step back for a minute, tired of the gimmicks, see we just focused on winning. Ball in the airline center, we bout to get litty. Luca carrying a torch, Borden jumped up on the porch. How you reckon with his force? Third season in the game, and he a legend by his fourth. Look, after dirt, now the king of Dallas. Airline serving as the palace. Young team, and it's full of talent. One revenge, we accept the challenge. Luca carrying a legacy. What it take to be an MVP? Being great, know it cost a fee. Know it really ain't that hard to see hold on wait silence the critics cause they never did it pass out jordan i woke up the city map shoot hot like we straight out the chimney go back to batman i'm calling them drizzy more triple doubles i'm waiting on 50 step back smoother you know it's so filthy if i get down on my team gonna lift me Rep the map, step back, overcame the setbacks, starting where we left at, know we gotta get back, know we gotta get back. Rep the map, step back, overcame the setbacks, starting where we left at, know we gotta get back, like know we gotta get back. Let me step back for a minute. 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 Uh, we have a whopping three people in the room because uh, <laughs> because, because of the, your enthusiasm. Well, well, he's he's in the middle of his group therapy deal, which I, I completely understand. I was in there for a while, but uh, you know, I, I I waited a long time, and I'm sure there was like a, a ton of people waiting to talk over there. So anyway, uh, we just came on here and wanted to give our own venting session i guess uh, the mavs uh they they didn't have what it took to to beat the clippers in seven games as it turns out uh they went into game seven uh, it was kind of like a perfect uh like a microcosm of the season really they had moments where it was like man they could really pull this out but uh you know luca was incredible 46 points 14 assists seven rebounds shot 17 of 30 from the field five of 11 from three uh, he, he just, it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough because his teammates and he has some good teammates and he's has some good players, but the consistency just isn't there, uh, from top to bottom on this roster. And that was the main difference in this one because the Clippers, they got a lot from their bench where the Mavs hardly got anything. Uh, Reggie Jackson, he was amazing the entire series and he continued that tonight, uh, just dagger after dagger from him. Uh, so, I mean, look, it, it's one of those things where you, you don't want to be too disappointed because you realize that, you know, uh, this Clippers team was always so much more talented than the Mavs are overall, but man, it, it, it still doesn't make it hurt any, any less knowing that they were up five, uh, in the third quarter and seemed to have all the momentum. And then, you know, uh, the role players just couldn't sync up their good play with uh with Luca's good play it was just it was inconsistent and it, it, it results in the season being over now so like I tweeted out uh you know it's a big off season now you know all the focus shifts over to the math front office it's put up or shut up nobody wants to hear about all the big plans you know that you have and we're gonna go get us a max guy or 
you know, <laughs> everybody wants to play with Luca. You know, that that's all great. Well, you got to go out and do it now. If you don't, it's just talk. You know, talk is cheap. We don't want to hear that. Go out there and do it. You know, uh, there's going to be a lot of people turning on this front office if they have another dud this offseason. It, it just can't happen. And it, it's not just free agency. They need to be active in trades, too. You know, I, I was listening to a guy talking uh, – Kirk's uh, group therapy room over there, Matt, about he was saying that things might have to get a little bit worse before they get better uh, because we may have to trade some people that, you know, that actually help this team, but it, it's in order to get rid of, you know, some some players that don't have help this team. And Dorian might be one of those guys. You know, he we, it might be a guy that you end up having to, include in a package to where you can actually trade KP or where you can trade Josh Richardson if he opts in. And let, let me tell you, he is 100% going to opt in. I guarantee you. Uh, <laughs> nobody is going to be paying him $10 million next year. So he is definitely opting in. But anyway, so I, I kind of agree with that guy's take. You know, they're going to have to, they're going to have to part with some guys that they like in order to get some of the other guys off of the team that aren't really helping the team. And my thing is, I agree with that take, but it, it takes you back to 2019 free agency. You know, you can you can go back and just see the ripple effect. And look, even let's just say Rick Carlisle, let's, for the, and Rick Carlisle, he, he's going to be the coach according to Cuban going forward. And I know you have a, a hot, spicy take on that, Matt, but, uh, the thing is, if they hadn't just completely botched the 2019 offseason and they had gone out and overspent for a guy like Boyan Bogdanovich, who they didn't have much interest in, they'd rather chase Danny Green, freaking Danny Green, <laughs> for for three to four days and miss out on everybody. Uh, you know, if they had just gone out and added guys, even though it was an overpay, then by now we would know for a fact if Rick is the coach for this set of guys going forward. You know, now it's like, okay, well, let's get, let's, let's make the roster better. And then after that, we'll see, you know, we'll see if Rick uh, pays off when we have a better roster. Well, we could have already been at that point. So it's kind of like we're two years behind now. Uh, it, it's very frustrating. Uh, I feel for Luca because he's just, He's otherworldly. He's amazing. Uh, he came out and did exactly what we thought he would do in a game seven, uh, but it just it just wasn't enough. So anyway, uh, instead of me just rambling on for the first 10, 15 minutes straight, uh, get, let's get some stuff off of your chest too, man. What, what you got? <laughs> my, my spicy, hot, flaming take isn't that um, – isn't doesn't have anything to do necessarily with Rick Carlisle. Um, it did originally as I was watching the game and when I was texting you, but it's kind of evolved since then. Um, it's now that, and this is, you know, um, this is something that I hope doesn't affect our programming down the line, so to speak. But, um, I think the entire Mavs front office needs a shakeup. All of it. I think it's, um, I think it's a, a bottom feeder, front office. I think Rick needs to go. I think Donnie needs to go. I think every decision maker in the front office, um, when it comes to free agency and trades and drafting needs to go. I think Mark Cuban needs to take a step back and let other people who know more than him about basketball, because he thinks he knows more than everybody else. That's not a surprising take in itself. I mean, that's, that's a fact. He thinks he's the smartest guy in the room all the time. It needs a complete makeover, all of it, every aspect of it, because what happened today was a microcosm, like you said, of all of the mistakes that they've made in the last two or three years. And I know I heard somebody in Kirk's room when I was in there talking about how they were a bottom five front office and then Kirk responded with well they found Luca. Well, congratulations. You found the European LeBron James. 
is that supposed to be a hard thing to do? If you're if you're an NBA scout who's good at his job or even average at his job, you should be able to figure out that Luka Doncic was the best player in that draft. Bar none. We We as beat writers, bloggers, whatever you want to call us, for DallasBasketball.com two years ago, knew that Luka was the best player in that draft just by watching tape. So I'm not going to give the Mavericks credit for realizing that the Suns and the Kings were dumbasses and not taking him. That's the best decision they've made in the last decade when it comes to, to drafting or free agency or trading or whatever. Every other thing they've done, while on paper at the time might have seemed like a good idea, has resulted in either disaster or disappointment. Josh Richardson for Seth Curry, Kristaps Porzingis, everything they've done has been terrible in the end. And it's time to make a different, take a different approach. Get some new blood in the room. Do something different. My thing is, and I've told, I've told both you and, and our buddy Kirk this since the beginning of this season, since, since last off season, when they did what they did and we, you know, at the time it didn't seem like it was that big of a deal. You knew you'd been Seth Curry's offense, but you know, in hindsight, it's like, Oh my, Oh my God. Like <laughs> what a, what an awful trade. What a train wreck. Uh, the Seth Curry trade has been for the Mavs. Cause Josh Richardson is just, is just awful. Like he just, he provided nothing. I think I saw a stat tweeted out during the middle of the game that he was a minus 38 for the entire series and he had 10 turnovers, you know, given his, his limited play, that's just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and our guy Xavier in the chat here, we're going to bring him up in a little bit. He said Curry gets locked up this series. <laughs> Xavier, that might be true, but it, it would you'd have a better chance of Curry doing something than Josh Richardson. At least Curry can dribble. <laughs> Are you even playing the Clippers if you have Curry? That's a good question. I don't know. But look, that's why I can't get behind. I'm going to get way too off track if I don't say this, but I'm going to give them this offseason, Matt. I've said it since the first. I I know they don't deserve the benefit of the doubt anymore, uh, given what they've done aside from from Luka. But, you know, I'm giving them this this offseason because – like I've said before, Luca, he's fully established now. People have seen exactly what he is, exactly what he can do when the lights are brightest in the postseason. They have some money. I know they still have to do some stuff with uh with Tim Hardaway Jr. to get their full, you know, their full amount that they can spend. Uh and they might they may not do anything, but I'm giving them this offseason as a put up or shut up thing. And if, if they don't, then I'm right there with you with everything you just said about needing a shake up, you know, from, from the, from the top down basically uh, with the decision makers. So uh, I'm right there with you. Uh, okay, guys, uh, we could go on forever with this. We're going to start bringing people up. Christian was first. Uh, Christian, what's up, man? Hey, Matt Dalton. How you guys doing? Ah, uh, we've been better, but you I'm know. mad Christian. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, first off, I just wanted to take a second and, you know, appreciate Luca for just the amazing season that he's had from, you know, the COVID stuff we faced early on, uh, the ups and downs of the season, uh, bare minimum, at least it's been, you know, entertaining and, you know, beyond grateful to, um, to, to be able to watch him like I think we or at least I sometimes take advantage of like you know he'll put up like 35 15 and 11 and it's like oh that's a Luca game when in actuality we're really watching greatness every night um but I agree with what Matt was saying I mean uh this front office like when you actually put it in perspective long term not just with Luca they failed Dirk and now they failed Luca. And I saw, I think it was Tim Cato tweeted out 
we have two players out of the 10 that played tonight were new additions from January of 2019. So two and a half years, we've added two players that played tonight, and they were Boban and Josh Richardson. And that is just unacceptable. Like, I, I, it's hard to fathom when you get a generational talent and you fail to do anything to surround him with, with anything, really. Um, you know, I, I love some of our guys, right? Um, but at the same time, they're overplaying their contract and they're squeezing everything out of that orange, like guys like Dorian, Maxie and stuff. And I really think, you know, I don't have any illusions that we have any real chance at Masai. Obviously, we should try, but it's not going to happen. But we really, I, at least for me, it's more so the front office um, as opposed to Rick. And so, Matt, I, I kind of heard your take, but Dalton, would you be for, get, like, letting Donnie go, put him in a different role or something, and see what someone else could do? Or do you want to give Donnie this? Well, like I said, I'm I'm reserving my, you know, fire and brimstone take like like Matt has, which is understandable. I mean, he is complete, you know, it's completely understandable that he feels that way right now. But I'm waiting until I see what they do this offseason because I feel like, I feel like Donnie could do a pretty good job if Cuban just lets Donnie do what he wants to do. You know, I, I feel like Cuban has his hands too much into the, the free agency stuff, which is really weird because, you, you know, you can go back in previous experiences like when, you know, Darren Williams back, I think it was 2012, uh, he said that he was like 100% coming to Dallas. <laughs> he, he, he was ready to to sign the contract and come to Dallas and then Cuban skips the the free agency meeting because he was shooting Shark Tank you know I mean that's just you know if you're gonna have your hands and all the decisions with the personnel and free agency and stuff at least you know make it a priority over some of the other stuff so, you know he, he's a businessman he's a really good really good uh, financial advisor you know, for a lot of people, he's helped a lot of people out and everything, but he just doesn't need to be as far into the basketball side of it as he is. I feel like if he takes a step back, and that's not a pun, you know, based on the podcast name, but literally if he would take a step back and just let Donnie do his thing, I feel like it would be a successful offseason. Because Donnie's done a whole, I mean, he, he's done a whole lot more uh, you know, than Cuban has over the last handful of years. So I, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt this summer, and then we can go from there afterwards. So, Hey, hey Dalton? Yeah. What has Donnie done? Well, he traded for Tim Hardaway Jr. <laughs> okay. He, he traded for Tim Hardaway Jr. He had a good draft. Uh, this last draft, and I think that's where you start getting into some of the Rick stuff because, look, I get it. Look, I get it. I get it. You know, Josh Green's a rookie. He was never going to play any minutes in this series, especially given who the coach is. So I get it. Josh Green, he's he's not going to to play given all these different circumstances, but can you look at what happened in this Game 7 and the minutes that Rick tried to shake things up when he put uh, Trey Burke in there <laughs> after he's barely played all series. And as soon as he did that, it just went off the rails. Like, that was the biggest difference in that in this Game 7. That, that, that just completely ended it. Like, why not? You know, offensively, what Trey Burke did, you know, brick threes and miss layups and everything. Josh Green could have done that, and he would have been a better defender. <laughs> you know, I just don't understand the idea of like, okay, we're desperate, and we have a guy that's like, you know, big enough and athletic enough to make a difference, even though he's a rookie. Yeah, he's going to make mistakes, but put him in there. He, you have a better chance of something good happening with him in there than you do Trey Burke at this this stage in the in the series. So, I get it. 
it was never going to happen. I'm just kind of yelling into the void with my Josh Green fandom, but uh, that's just how I feel about it. I feel like I feel like uh, Rick should have at least given him a shot, given the the talent discrepancy between the Mavs and the Clippers. You know, it eventually it eventually caught up to him. So, I, okay. Just real quick, I uh, before I hop off, I saw I believe it was on Bleacher Report, and there's been mixed reactions when I asked it. Um, but I saw there was potentially uh, mutual interest between the Blazers and uh, the Mavericks centered around a McCollum and KP swap. Would that be something that you would be interested in? And you know, as always, guys, appreciate you bringing me up and the good work that you guys. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, Christian. Uh, Matt, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, sure. Because you know, CJ will actually score more than seven points in a game six, you know, <laughs> elimination game. But go, going back to what we can touch on that a, a bit more in a second. But going back to what you were saying a minute ago, I the fact that you're bringing up Josh Green and Tim Hardaway Jr. of the things that Donnie's done over the last two and a half, three years. That's an indictment. All he does, all the, all anybody in that front office does is talk. Well, it is talk an about big, the, talk. Listen, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Donnie, if he had a better grasp of talent, you know, within the, the U.S., you know, he's a great international scout. And, you know, he knew, he knew, I mean, I get it. We all looked at the tape. We knew Luca was good. But Donnie, he knew Luca was good before, you know, pretty much anyone else did. He zeroed in on it. They would have been able to draft him without giving up any picks. Uh, you know, if if the NBA lottery gods didn't just absolutely hate the Mavericks, they've never moved up once in the draft, and they've moved down so many times in their history, even when they had the number one odds. You know, I, I just – I get it. He hasn't done a lot, but you have to give some credit there. Where the, where the big failure has been at is has been free agency. I mean, we know this. He's been free. Even the KP trade. The KP trade was a good idea. There was a lot of potential there. You know, they can't help that he tore his meniscus in the in the bubble last year, and he didn't come back the same player. Hold on. Uh, it was a risk all along, but it was a necessary risk. The potential was there, and and they didn't give up anything that's like hurting them now either. You know the picks. Uh, I mean, what? You know, if <laughs> the if they can, if they keep the picks, then what? They're going to use it and have another Josh Green that they don't play. You know. Yes. Free free agency is not the only failure. Well, it, it's, they, they, it, <laughs> they, right. they they they've drafted they've drafted one good play, one and a half good players in the last three years. Okay. They've well, made they've made no good trades. They've, they've done absolutely nothing to make this team better over the last three years when they have a generational talent that the dumbest GM in the NBA should have known was going to be the best player in the league or the best player in that draft. And the Suns took Aiton because they're dumbasses, although they are going forward in the playoffs. Good for well, them. Well, they, they did what and they the had. And the, the King, Kings took Marvin Bagley. And other than that, you can make a case for Aiton. Maybe that fit them. They probably would still be a lottery team if it wasn't for Chris Paul. But at least they did that. The Mavericks have done absolutely nothing over that same time period. Absolutely nothing. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? 
you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you love listening to us here on The Step Back, what's wrong with stopping you from grabbing your own mic and starting your own show? And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or, if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks and on top of that we'll help you get your show pushed out to apple spotify google stitcher and all other listening platforms and the best part is you can get all of this for only 15 dollars a month the same rate as any other hosting website would charge you for you just to get an initial setup so if you're ready to do more than just listening to us talk about our favorite team then make your voice heard and hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box in this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. So Donnie is not, not, Donnie is not void of blame just because he saw Luca a year before everybody else did. I didn't say he was void of blame. He is, he, I, I mean... Some of the blame does has have to fall has to fall on Donnie. But what I'm saying is just because a trade doesn't work out doesn't mean it wasn't the right move at the time. It was. The KP trade was the right move to do. Uh the Josh Richardson one, that was questionable at the time, but you could see the you know, it was the right idea. We couldn't help that Josh Richardson decided to shoot a career worse from three this year, apparently. You know, I don't I don't know if that had more to do with COVID or just the fit or what, but it should have gone better than what it did. It was just a train wreck and nobody oh. saw that much of a train wreck coming. But anyway, Xavier, oh how my you God. doing? All right, I'm about to burst. I'm sorry. If at any point I start ranting, just send me to the gulag. I won't even take it personally, <laughs> but I have not to throw my test because there's so much that I disagree with. So I'm going to go point by point. Um, can we please stop talking about possibly firing Rick Carlisle? I think that's the dumbest thing in the world. Anyone who knows basketball regards him as a top five coach, and he was able to carry Dirk and, admittedly, terrible rosters to 50 wins for an entire decade. You don't get that type of sustained success unless you're a good coach. There are things to nitpick, but yes, he's going to make desperation moves. I, for one, was somebody who thought we should have gave Trey Burke minutes. The reason why is is high risk, high reward. But at the same time, Jalen Brunson wasn't getting it done. This is not the series for Brunson. Those those defenders are too long. They're too physical. They're too fast. Jalen Brunson's not getting a shot off. He's not getting creating any shots for anybody else. So did it go poorly? Yes. But it was absolutely worth a risk worth taking. Now, as far as the front office, there are absolutely things that I disagree with. But at the same time, ask yourself as a fan, do you want to be the Indiana Pacers Or do you want a chance to win a championship? And what I mean by that is this. We already saw what overpaying 
somebody in free agency did for us. Harrison Barnes, what did that do for us? We just threw money because we had it and we committed a long-term contract to somebody who wasn't a star. And did that move the needle for us? Absolutely not. And so to hear fans retroactively say, oh, well, we traded away Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes' contract was an atrocity the second it was signed. So now for fans to look back and say, well, we made a mistake trading him away because, look, if Harrison Barnes is on the team, we don't want a championship. Right, we've already seen what Harrison Barnes do- can do with the ball in his hands as a primary as a primary playmaker. It's not good enough, right? Now, as far as the front office, look, do I think we've made some errors in the drafts? Yes, but part of being successful for such a long time is that look, it's hard to nail draft picks when you're not picking in the lottery year in and year out. You know what I'm saying? Now, even the Josh Richardson for Seth Curry trade, if you just go to Google for two seconds and look at all the draft grades. Everyone gave us an A grade for that trade. Why? Because in theory, Josh Richardson was a slightly less, was a slightly poorer shooter, but the difference in defense was supposed to make up for it and to change our team. We all agree we needed defense. So we can now look back at what a Steph Curry trade was a disaster. Who was Steph Curry guard? Who was Steph Curry guarding on the Clippers? Who was he stopping? How was he helping to stop Kawhi or stop PG? He's not helping to stop anybody. So we well, can. To be, X, to be fair, and I'll let you continue with your point, obviously, but to be fair, Seth Curry had a very underrated defensive uh, series last year, at least when he was guarding Paul George. I mean, he was surprisingly effective guarding him, and I don't know if that's because of the personal beef he has with him or what, but it wasn't just like completely but terrible. Like, he's all time worst stretch, Dalton. That was the worst that PG has ever played. So, yes, that's like saying, well, Berea stopped LeBron that one time in the post so we can live with JJ Berea guarding LeBron. No, it's a small <laughs> sample size, and he was playing his career worse, admittedly. So, you, you can't rely on that. So here's what I'm saying. I don't want to be the Knicks. I don't want to just use free agency money for the sake of using the money. Look, everyone in the league, every fan, everybody in the league said last year's free agency crop was the worst free agency crop in recent history. But yet, I'm reading fans say, well, we should have done more for Luka last offseason. Who? Who is this phantom player that was available to the Mavericks with our cap situation that would have came in and theoretically helped out Luca. The player wasn't there. Now, can you blame the? Can you blame Mark Cuban? Mark Cuban for effing up the Deron Williams? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, someone has to take your money. It, the best you can do is set yourself up to be a free agent destination. The problem was that Dirk, unfortunately, by the after he won that championship, he was older. Now, did he sustain greatness past the point we all expected? Absolutely. But it was hard to convince a free agent like, look. Dirk has maybe a year or two left, but come sign a five-year contract. We don't know what the team's going to be after Dirk falls off a cliff, but come commit your prime to a player that maybe has a year or two left, you know, for a championship window. That's a hard sell. And that's the reason that we struck out so often in free agency. We're not the Lakers. We don't get to fail upwards. We don't have people taking discounts to come to us. We don't have people who are going to maneuver their way to Dallas. And so you can look at some of the moves other teams have made, but we're not that destination. We like, we're fans of the team. We like to think our, of ourselves as a, as a grade-A organization, but if other players don't agree, then look, you're going to strike down a free agency. But committing long-term money to players who don't move the needle – then you end up like the Orlando Magic. You know what I'm saying? And I don't I don't want that. I don't want to just be chasing the eighth seed year in and year out. Yes, sometimes you're going to strike out. But other times, you're going to hit gold in Luka Doncic. And at the end of the day, there's probably, see, for me, there's maybe a handful, maybe six or seven true superstars. The rest of the players are stars, right? But there's only six or seven true superstars, and we have one of them. So now, like you said, it's do or die. We got the money. We got to make something shake. But I'm telling you, some of the this uh, we're playing Monday morning quarterback. But there wasn't a player last year that was going to shift our fortune this year. There just wasn't. So we yeah, can say look, the Luka down. But really, how did they? Yeah, and X, look, you're, you're you're exactly right. Last, this is why I wasn't upset with free agency last year because I mean, literally, the only thing the Mavs had had to offer was the MLE and Bobby Marks from ESPN. He tweeted out a graphic the other day or, or he just tweeted it out in a tweet uh, showing all the players that, you know, teams use the MLE on last year. And they just, they haven't been good at all. So, I mean, the options were always limited. Correct. Uh, 
last and off season. Look in the chat real quick, Dalton. I'm sorry. Um, someone said we should package Jalen Brunson and picks for a guy like Jeremy Grant. In what world is that a viable trade? So we <laughs> call Detroit and we say, hey, we've got Jalen Brunson. We've got some non-lottery first-round picks. Would you like to take this in a pound of belly button lint in exchange for your Jeremy Grant? Detroit hangs up the phone. So as fans, we have to be realistic. We don't have trade assets. We just don't. Well, we don't. look, I, I was in Kirk's room for a while, and I, I mentioned it a little bit earlier. Uh, there was one guy that he that he led onto the stage that was talking about how we're going to have to let go of some of the better pieces on the roster, and we're going to have to take some, you know, some bad salary back to get where we need to go. You know, to get the roster where it needs to be, and you know, to an extent. I get that, but when you look at trade, like say we look at trading KP, like the only there's two teams that I look at that I could see making a move for KP and being okay with it, and it's the Indiana Pacers or it's the Boston Celtics. And really, I see the Boston Celtics as being more of the you know that they're a team that I could see that would you know actually be interested uh, in taking KP. And I think it would have to have Kimba coming back. And I hate that idea. But given how much the Mavs loved Kimba and wanted him in the uh, 2019 free agency before he uh, basically committed to Boston before free agency opened, I mean, I could just see that being a thing. I don't know how y'all feel about it, but I just uh, I, I feel like them, Indiana, and then Christian, he mentioned Portland in the tra- chat. I could see that too. Maybe something with McCullum. I don't know. All I know is they're just going to they're going to have to be creative. It can't just be free agency or bust. They have to explore all the the other the other avenues to improve this roster. And if they're just going to use KP as a 7 foot 3 stand in the corner shooting guard and he's not going to be moving around a lot or anything like that. I mean, you might as well try to trade him, you know, for whatever you can get and you're not just spinning your wheels for the next 3 years. But don't, do you think that's a coaching decision, or do you think that Rick saw KP moving in mud and said, oh, he can't do more than that? Because let's be honest, anytime Porzingis really – the only time he really attacked the rim was when the lane was wide open. And, yeah, we'd get excited because KP would take off and dunk at seven foot three. But that's only with a wide-open lane. He wasn't doing that consistently. And the problem with KP is that his legs are chicken shit. He skipped leg day his entire life. Because <laughs> If he has a smaller guard on him, he's not physically strong enough from his lower half to actually gain better position down low. He he can't back anybody down. So wherever you throw Porzingis the ball in the post, that's where the shot's going up from because he's not getting any better position from that. Do you think he's backing down the Miles Turners or the Rudys of the world? No. So you, that's what I'm saying. Like It's just his legs aren't there, and unfortunately – He's just a big wing that can shoot threes. And, you know, I'm sure Carlisle would love to see more from him. But, I mean, he can't even catch Aliou consistently. But, look, guys, I'm sorry if I ranted. And I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just mad that we lost. So, if I sounded like a douche, my apologies. I didn't mean to come off that way. No, no, exactly. Great. (laughs) Sorry, you did not sound like a douche. I appreciate everything you said. I disagree with some of the things you said. That doesn't mean that you're wrong and I'm right. It doesn't mean that I'm right and you're wrong. I, I think that there's a lot of different things going on right now and that we're, and we're all frustrated and we're all seeing a little bit red, but in my opinion, if Rick Carlisle really is one of the top coaches in the NBA still, and I think he's a brilliant mind. And I think if he went somewhere else, that franchise would get better. But I think that at a certain point, a coach's time with a franchise runs out. Rick Carlisle hasn't won a playoff series in a decade. A decade. You cannot continue to tell me that Rick Carlisle is the right coach for the Mavericks if he can't win a playoff series in a decade. You cannot tell me that... Listen, it's like what I said earlier, though, too. Imagine how much further down the line we would be in our thinking on this if they hadn't just completely botched the 2019 offseason. If they had actually gone out and gotten higher quality guys even if they had to overpay for it it would have been fine you know they they that, they, they were going to throw a max contract at Kimba they dodged that's, another bullet <laughs> that's 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 why i've been saying since the beginning of this podcast i know we've had a lot of people you know jump in since i had my rant 
But that's why I've been saying since the beginning of this podcast that I don't think all of the blame goes on Rick. I think it's all the way around. I think yeah. I think Cuban deserves as much blame as anybody. I think Donnie deserves as much blame as anybody. They call the thing the triangle of trust. Rick, Donnie, and Mark. They need a new decision maker. It, it's 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 plain to me. I mean, it's they they they've screwed Dirk over ever since 2011 at the to- the end of his career. They they tried to 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 mix and match all these different parts, and they can never make anything work. And then that set them up for where they were in in 2019, and and now we are where we are today. I mean, it's a whole series of events that have led to this disaster. The fact that Tim Hardaway Jr. was the best part of the Kristaps Porzingis trade is baffling to me. That doesn't mean that they made the wrong decision on paper with trading for KP, but what that means is they didn't do enough research. They they didn't see that, as X said, his his legs were chicken shit. They didn't see that he was – they have all these quote-unquote expert medical people like Casey Smith who's supposed to be, from what we've been told, the best you know uh, athletic trainer in the NBA or one of the best. How do you not – as the best guy in the NBA, see that this guy cannot last through an entire season when he hasn't done it his entire career. And not just that, but he got a fully guaranteed five-year contract. There, there were no, there were no injury incentive stuff like, uh, like Embiid. Take Joel Embiid with Philadelphia. He got a max contract, but he has a bunch of incentives in there too. Uh, some, you know, injury clauses and stuff like that, that kind of, you know, Philly isn't just completely screwed uh, if he ends up, you know, tearing his ACL or something like that. Whereas the Mavs, there's like nothing like that in KP's contract. They just full five-year, you know, they even if KP wouldn't have liked what they offered at the time, they just didn't want KP to like test restricted free agency. But I mean, dude, they could have matched anything and he still would have been there. So that, that that's just another example of where they went wrong. I yeah. mean it's 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 plain as day to me that they have no idea what they're doing anymore. It's been the well, same core also, it's been it's been the same core of people since two thousand six. Well it right was after, also, or two thousand seven, sorry. Whenever they got rid of it whenever they got rid of Avery, it's been the same core of people. It and would, it's a disaster. It would help the fan base a lot. In my opinion, if if uh, Cuban and Donnie Nelson just showed a little bit more sense of urgency, like instead of just like putting on this mask and saying, "Oh, we're fine," and you know, the night that free agency opens, they're having dinner with KP, who was always going to be signed by the Mavs. They they didn't have to, you know, just just showing that it just showed them like, okay, it showed us that they were okay. Just waiting uh, for the Danny green stuff to unfold instead of being aggressive. Like they just, they don't show, they don't show the proper amount of urgency to keep us satisfied. (laughs) And maybe, maybe they know stuff ahead of time. Like guys already know where they're going to go. And maybe they've already asked through back channels, you know, what's, what's available for them or not. But to us, to us looking at it from the outside looking in, it just seems like they don't care as much as what we want them to. And then, you, like I said, with Cuban and previous, you know, free agency blunders and missing the Darren Williams meeting and, you know, uh, generally speaking, I don't think there's a lot of guys uh, in the league who we would like to sign. I don't know that they have a favorable opinion of Mark Cuban. Of uh, you know, given some of the stuff he said in the past, I, I mean, I don't know that for a fact, but you kind of get the feeling uh, that that's what's going on. And if that's the case, then I mean, what do you do? You just kind of hope that Luca is so dang good that you know it, it persuades guys to come play for the Mavs anyway, even if they don't like Cuban. So I don't know, uh, Austin. How you doing, man? Man, I uh, like you said, I've I've been better. Um, um. I got a couple things I'd like to hit on because y'all have brought up multiple good points. I think I'm a little more Rick apologist, uh, obviously, than Matt. Because um, I just feel like the front office, you know, 
we just haven't even really given him a solid roster to work with since the title. Um, so you could argue the last time he had a solid roster, he won a title. Um, you know, the 2014 team that took the Spurs to seven, I mean, that that was a good team, but they obviously weren't real players for <clears throat> a championship that year. So, I don't know. I think you look around the league and there's a lot more aggressive GMs that uh, are building very solid teams and don't have the luxury of a Luka on the roster. So, this series to me is just like a giant billboard. Like, Luka criticized himself for 37 shots, and then the next game is is just passing like crazy. He's not a selfish superstar. And so, to me, that's, you know, who wouldn't want to play with that guy? Um, but again, if the front office can't bring that to fruition, then uh, you're, you're kind of stuck in the mud. So, I would not mind seeing a front office change at all. Um, I, I would like to see Rick, what he could do with a top-to-bottom quality roster. Um, you know, I think the KP situation at this point, I think if, you're, if your second-best player isn't a guard or a wing of some type, then it's – I don't know if that's a recipe for success in today's NBA. I would I would love to see KP moved for whatever we could get for him, just get off the contract and try to get some guys in that can just, you know, create their own shot. Today was just abysmal, man, watching anyone not named Luca try to get a quality shot on their own. Was it's it, awful. I don't, even, I don't think it happened. I don't even think one player created their own shot. Tim, Timmy, he creates his own shot, but you know when he crosses half court whether he's shooting or not. <laughs> um, oh, man, look, when Tim Hardaway Jr., yeah, he can create his own shot, but like when he does, especially if it's a three-pointer and he's creating for himself, so to speak, it's one of those, no, 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 yes! Kind exactly. Of <laughs> exactly. Like Because most, most times it's like, okay, yeah, he technically created that for himself, but he still had the dude in his face. And he'll yeah. hit it anyway. So, I mean, you know, it yeah. is what it my, is. My, my wife has started watching basketball with me more this year, and I've been telling her all season, like, look, watch Tim. Watch Tim. He's about to pull up. He's about to pull up. And then, of course, he does. And sometimes you get those, you know, 35-point Tim Hardaway Jr. games. But they're, they're just not consistent enough. You know, I think we talked about the other night, just trying to find pieces that are consistent. And – Especially, you know, with KP, the injury stuff, you know, that's what it is. A lot of the bigs that are in the league now are, are injured, missed games. Joel, Joel Embiid, Anthony Davis. But at least when they are on the floor, they're making an impact. And, and the same cannot be said for KP. So I, I would love to see us in some form or fashion move off of him. I, I saw something about Marcus Smart earlier. I'm like, yes, bring bring him on. Just get someone. Uh, he's not the best player in the world, but he is completely focused on the game from whistle to whistle. And I feel like those are the kind of players I would like to see on the team. Um, get some more oh, wing players. Mar- it it Look, feels Mar- like in- Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart is like, I mean, he's already just good in general. But he's a guy that, like, teeters on the fence. He, he's, like, right there straddling the fence as far as, like, being a versus Mavs all-star. Like, yeah. every time he plays the Mavs, I feel like he's going to go seven for seven from three. Uh, so just from those experiences, I would love to have Marcus Smart. Uh, I think he could be a part of a trade that, that gets the Mavs off of KP's contract if they do choose to do so. Uh, I just – There'd have to be some more pieces to it. I don't know how you would trade with Boston, you know, even if it was just uh, Marcus Smart by himself. I feel like if there's anything that we do with Boston, they're going to try to get us to take Kimball Walker. (laughs) Right. And I don't, I don't necessarily want that, but I just, I just, that's just my gut feeling on it. So we'll see how it goes. But like you were saying, we've talked about it before. 
a lot of these guys are really good. I mean, they're good role players, and I think they could be pieces on a championship team. The problem is when you have a guy like Tim Hardaway Jr. and he's been your second best player in a series and you're, you know, you're overextending him with his minutes, that's where it gets to where instead of just getting, you know, 15 to 20 or, you know, maybe even up to 25 quality minutes a game and hitting a three here and there, you're overextending and it creates one of these situations where he's either super hot or if he doesn't start out hitting some shots in the beginning, you know it's going to be a rough night. And the same yeah. thing can be said for Dorian Finney-Smith and, you know, uh, Maxi Kleba, who was abysmal uh, this series, in my opinion. Uh, it's the second straight year that, that Kleba has just, you know, not been a factor, even though he's great in the regular season. I mean, they, that's the main thing. They have to find somebody who can truly create their own shot and maybe even set up somebody else on the team uh, yeah. as well without, you know, Luca literally having to do everything. And there's there's a lot of names out there, uh, you know, whether trade and there's some in free agency uh, that could, you know, help make that better for Luca. I don't know who it's going to be, but they have a lot of a lot of potential opportunities to do that this offseason. But, you know, it, it's hard to it's hard to see them doing anything for sure, because like I said earlier, I I can't blame anybody for not giving them the benefit of the doubt, given how things have gone in the past. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, even when you look at free agency, it's not over. It's it's not very saturated with very quality players as far as like upgrading the starting lineup. I think Kyle Lowry, I mean, that's been thrown around a lot, but I think even him being a veteran, having won a title already would bring some stability and he is someone comfortable with the ball. Um, as far as free agency goes, I do have a concern that we might get a little caught up in restricted free agency, which I don't know if that's oh God, I hope not. Uh, feasible because I know we've got the hard eyes for like John Collins, which he'll probably now with how the Hawks are doing sign his max, but uh, you know, guys like Lonzo or whatever, um, I, I really don't want us to get caught up in that because that just, like you said, goes toward the being passive. And I think the thing that like ticks me off every year is hearing the Donnie Nelson quotes of, yeah, we, we've got a move coming to, you know, just sit and watch, just watch what we do. And then, you know, like the thing we do is sign Dwight Powell to $30 million. So um, right. that's I, why. It as a you know that's why I labeled it as a put up or shut up off season. Like no, yes. nobody, nobody wants to hear that from Donnie Nelson or Mark Cuban this off season. They, we want action. <laughs> yes, we want them to show us. You know, not don't don't talk about it beforehand and hype it up. You know, just so all of us are pissed off afterwards. You know, right. actually go out there and do something. Be aggressive. If you have to overpay for a guy, overpay if he's a good player. Yeah. You know? There is no unmovable contract. I remember when everybody said that uh, John Wall, and John Wall is the prime example, and I get that Russ, Russell Westbrook isn't on a, a good contract himself, but I remember everybody saying that John Wall would never be traded. The worst contract ever. Uh, he has bad knees, you know, can't stay healthy, making like over $40 million a year. You know, that was never going to happen. He'd never get traded. And sure enough, there was a trade out there for John Wall. If John yeah. Wall can get traded, literally anybody can get traded. So I'm not worried about overpaying. It's not my money. I, yeah, <laughs> exactly. If, if it's a good player who can help Luka, and even if he's not a star and you have to overpay to get him to come to Dallas, because like X was saying, we're not the Lakers. Uh, you know, we, we people don't come to Dallas just because it's Dallas. Right. Uh, you know, it's fine. Just go overpay and get some more talent in here. If it doesn't work out, you have another asset that you can include in trade later on. So Yes, to totally agree. I appreciate uh, you guys having me on again. Uh, enjoyed the podcast uh, today. Xavier had me rolling. Not going <laughs> to lie, that was fantastic from him. Um, so, appreciate it, guys. Uh, you can let somebody else get up here but uh you know look onward and upward that's yep. that's how i'm feeling well appreciate it all guys, stuff as always guys what? i i think 
we're we're gonna. I, I don't know what you're about to say here, Dalton, but I, I need to get one thing off my chest here. Well, we got that whole. I'm about to bring up Sam to speak, so go ahead. Okay, that whole thing that you guys just talked about. The one thing that sticks out in my mind from that whole conversation with Austin was Tim Hardaway Jr. is the second best player on this team after three years yeah. with Luca. That is absolutely unacceptable. And that is and why look, you need to look, we, You have to give a little bit of credit to Tim, too, because, I mean, this he's not the same player he was in New York. He his he severely altered his shot selection. Uh, he still has some every now and then where it's just like, "Whoa, what are you doing?" But it's not nearly as bad as when he was in New York. So he's really worked on that. He's gotten better going to the rim. He's worked with uh, with uh, Sham God on his dribbling and everything. So I mean, credit. And he hasn't he hasn't been a one hundred. You know, he hasn't been a full liability on defense either. He hasn't been great. But he's just not the same player he was in New York. So I mean, no. credit to him. Credit to him for turning it, turning it around and looking like a like a really good starting player in the league. But like you said, I mean, it's absolutely it is unacceptable that he's basically the second best player on this roster right now. Yeah. But anyway, I'm going to bring up Sam now. He's been waiting patiently. Sam, what's up, man? <sighs> what's going on, guys? Uh, it, is, it, it is what it is, you know. <laughs> My feelings, exactly. <sighs> yeah, yeah, exactly right, man. Like, like pretty much everybody said what needs to be said. Um, I, I can't even think. <laughs> I'm still kind of mad about it at this point. But, um, like, yeah, the only problem is, like, Tim Hardaway, like you said, is our second best player pretty much at this point. And if you want to sign a guy to a three-, four-year deal, He's the only consistently inconsistent player that we got. So you never know if he's going to show up like he did in game two or if like he did tonight in game seven. One and nine from three. Like Maxi yeah. at this point, he can go. I don't care. Like the only dog we really got besides Luca, I think, is Dodo. Everybody else, like you're on the chopping block. Richardson. I like Brenton, but, I mean, that was, that was disappointing. Don't know why we didn't play Dwight Powell, even though I know he has liabilities or whatever, but – when he played 22 minutes in game five, we won the game because of him, I think, for the most part. So, like, like I said, I don't know where we go from here. I don't know what moves we can make. I don't I don't know if we need to make a KP trade. I don't know what – you know, I don't know. I feel, like I said, it's, yeah, it's frustrating. I, mean, I, I like this team. I want them to go far, you know. I don't think we're at the point – well, we're obviously not at the point yet where it's going to be like a LeBron situation in Cleveland the first time. I don't think so. But it's going to get to that point if we don't do anything. So, I just want to see what they're going to do. That's all I yeah. got. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the LeBron thing because I mean, we're obviously a long ways off from that. I know some people like to, uh, some people like to worry about that, but I mean, look, uh, the contract extension, the max contract extension that Luke is going to be offered, nobody turns that down. He's not going to be an unrestricted free agent until he's like twenty-seven years old. So. That's not something anybody needs to worry about right now. But, you know, uh, the decisions they make this all, it's a pivotal offseason because the decisions they make now before he gets that max extension, you know, could carry over to that point. They they have to have a good offseason this year to potentially avoid a situation like LeBron having to leave because that was the case when he was in Cleveland. LeBron did everything and his teammates weren't able to pick up the slack, and then he ended up having to leave in order to, you know, win the championship. And you hope that doesn't happen with Luka, but, you know, I, I think that's a good comparison. It's basically like the the first stint uh, with the Cavs that LeBron had. But, you know, the, the thing with Tim Hardaway Jr., he's been great. You know, second straight year shooting 40% from three after, and that's been career high, career highs each time. Uh, he's been so good, and like we said, it's unacceptable that he's the second-best player on this roster right now. But then the scary part is now he's an unrestricted free agent, and he's played pretty – you know, he played really well in this series for the most part. How much money do they commit to him, or does he end up leaving and going somewhere else? And then what do they do if they whiff in free agency? So <laughs> there, there is a lot of uh, – 
there's a lot of issues that the Mavs have to work out uh, during this off season. And I mean, it's nothing is guaranteed, you know, as much as we hate that, you know, KP hasn't been able to fulfill his potential and uh, we're looking at him as the third best player and, and THJ is the second best player. There's a chance the second best player might not even be on the roster uh, past this summer if, if they is, don't. Uh, is he even the play. third best player? If he plays up to his abilities, he is. Uh, even but he past, doesn't do that anymore. He doesn't, but I think it's a combination. Like, like look, he, he was horrible this series, but I don't think it was all on him because even Rick admitted that they altered the game plan based on the matchup. And I, I and somebody had mentioned, it may have been X, uh, that mentioned, uh, well, did Carlisle do that because he knows KP is bad and that was just a way of masking that or whatever? I mean, it could have been, but, I mean, Matt, even even though KP wasn't defensively this season what he was last year, he was better than what we saw in this, this seven-game series. You know, I mean, he, that, that's just the fact of the matter. He, he's not a superstar, but he's better than what he should. I think he scored single digits in three or four out of those seven games, which is just, I mean, that's just unacceptable from a dude making $30 million a year. You you didn't bring KP here to play defense. And exactly. If- <laughs> but the, the nickname that everybody, you know, the unicorn, which I'm not – I'm going to stop calling him that. I haven't called him that in a while. But the, the whole point of the unicorn nickname is you do everything. You play defense and offense. And they did bring him in to play defense because when he was in New York, he was blocking shots left and right. Uh, he started out doing that for the Mavs, but like I said, ever since that meniscus injury, he just hasn't been that same, you know, uh, that same defensive person that he was. But if he's not going to give you, you know, volume scoring on offense either, what are we doing here? <laughs> they brought KP here to be the next version of Dirk. Not Dirk himself. Nobody's ever going to reach that. But they brought him here to be Luca's Dirk. And he has gotten nowhere close to that. They wanted to kind of recreate the the Nash and Dirk thing from the early 2000s. And it has been beyond a disaster. Yeah. And there's, there's just no way that you can you can justify keeping him through the end of his contract. I mean, I, look, they have to do something with him this offseason. They just absolutely have to. There's there's no way that he's going to be the player that he was brought here to be at this point. I mean, look, if your head coach is hiding what is supposed to be your second best player on the perimeter because he already knows – look, there, there's, there's, two, there's two scenarios to this. Either – Rick realizes that KP is trash and he's just trying to hide him or KP has lost his confidence and he, yeah. he, he, he can't do what he used to do. It's one of those two things. Otherwise you're not paying a max contract player to be scoring seven points a game and, and being a distraction on the perimeter. You, you're not doing that. That's what you paid. That's what you pay Kyle Korver or, or someone like that to do. Not, well, not a max contract player. A conspiracy theory that I haven't talked about yet, and we're going to have to – we're about to take off here, but we'll save this one for, for the next podcast we do. But one conspiracy theory I have is that, you know, they kind of know that they're going to do something with KP, and they didn't want to, like, ride him super hard in this in this seven – you know, the seven-game series to where he'd get injured – so now it kind of looks like, oh, look, he he held up for a seven-game series. He's perfectly fine, didn't get injured. <laughs> so now, now they can, uh, you know, in any potential trade packages this offseason, it's like, hey, he's not hurt. He made it through the end of the season healthy, and, you know, he made it through the playoffs healthy, so he's definitely not hurt. <laughs> and, let, and a change of scenery could be good for him. So uh, that that's something we'll talk at length about going forward, but I, I do think that's something uh, to at least think about, you know, so. All right, guys, uh, like I told a bunch of you on the last one, 
uh, we're giving out some t-shirts and they're super comfy. They look great. Uh, you can see it on our, on our Twitter page. It's at step back Mavs. And all you have to do in order to have a chance at winning one is go into Apple podcasts and leave us a review and put your Twitter at in that review. Uh, we've given out a ton of these already. So, uh, if you want a chance at one of those, just go ahead and do that. And, uh, like I said, I've, I've probably given out like 12 of these things in the last two weeks. So (laughs) definitely go do that. Go subscribe on your favorite platforms. This will be up as a regular pod, uh, later and we'll be back. Let's see either probably not tomorrow, but probably Tuesday. We'll have like an end of the season, uh, wrap up pod before we, you know, flip the switch and go into full off season mode, which I mean, we hope it's a good one. It'll be entertaining for sure. You know, nothing is drama free with the Mavs, but, Uh, it'll be entertaining nonetheless. So, guys, appreciate it. Y'all enjoy the rest of your Sunday night and prepare for another week, a new week. We move onward. We'll see y'all next time. Let me step back for a minute. 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 Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.